Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. I am Stephen Glosser, and I get to host. And today I'm joined by my friend, Alyssa Tubner. How are you doing, Alyssa? I'm so excited. This is fun. I am pumped. I uh, have wanted to start this podcast for a while, and I've made like this big long list. And yours was like one of the first names of people that I wanted to have on my podcast. I just think you're so cool. And we go back a ways. You know, we were a freshmen. <laughs> I repped my NDSU sweatshirt, not like necessarily intentionally, but when I knew you're coming on NDSU freshman. So we go back a ways. We do. We do all the way to communications class and cramming for tests and me being a very adolescent 18 year old who looked 14 but we made it we got through I'm surprised that you know I look back at some of my friendships when I was 18 and now that I'm 30 I'm like thanks for sticking thanks for sticking with me I feel like we're better friends now, <laughs> oh, though, for sure. like, than when we were 18. Way, way better. So much better friends. Well, and one of the cool things is that you're married to one of my friends, you know, Calvin, who's one of my heroes, and I'm going to have Calvin on here at, at some point, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's actually funny, because Calvin actually told me that he would say no, because the idea oh, is so paralyzing for him. He, You guys that are listening and watching, you will hold us to this. Calvin will be on it, and he's going to talk about finances. He could a do a topic that, that he, he can rock. That. And so, but yeah, Calvin was in my small group when he was in college. Then he transferred and broke my heart. And then he came back. And that's when you guys met. Yeah, you were with him on the night we first met. It was Skateland. And yes. I saw Steven Glosser and was like, who is this blonde, blue? And you were not talking man. about me. I wasn't. You were talking about that's the guy. Okay, though. The, <laughs> the guy my husband. Me. Yes. And my, I didn't know it at the time, though. And I thought, I, I need to meet this man that Steven brought to Skateland with him. Well, I think you guys both hit the jackpot by marrying each other. And so it's so exciting. But what are you doing today? Like Alyssa Tubner, who is that? Oh my gosh. Well, that is a really loaded philosophical question. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people would start with their job, but I don't think that that's where I start. I would say that I am someone who follows joy. That's our family tagline. That's awesome. So I'm someone that follows joy and I am a facilitator of community and connection in every area. That's like the That's goal. That's awesome. I love that you decided to start that way. Because yeah. I mean, I think the natural is to say like, well, I do this and this is my job. But I love that, that your identity, obviously in Christ and then in who you are and like the things that you do career wise just kind of fit into the puzzle of who you are. What is... What do you think it means to follow joy? Like, what what does that mean to you guys and your family? Yeah, that's so good. We've talked about that a lot. I, I think for us, joy is uh, irrelevant of circumstance. Like, it can be the worst day and we can have joy, and it can be the best day and we can have joy because joy comes from the Father. Joy is yeah. being connected to the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in our lives, and that 
and the character of God. Like God is good and that infiltrates our lives. And so we get to carry joy with us like everywhere we go. That's awesome. I think too, it's just like synonymous with when you follow God and the will of God for your life, like you are following joy. Absolutely. Even when, like you said, when it is circumstantially like, oh, this is a bummer. Like you can still find joy in those things. Yeah. You'll see it in my email signature. Like everything says follow joy. We love that. That's awesome. So what do you do? Now I'll ask the question. I'll just ask it. What do you do for work? Like what is, what is your career? Well, thank goodness we've been partners in this. You've come in, talked with students a lot. I get to hang out with students at North Dakota State University. Go Bison. Bison, Oh, that wasn't even planned. Yeah. I mean, it's just natural. When you're a Bison alumni, it just comes out naturally. Anybody says Bison, go Bison. (laughs) You don't even know where. But I get to hang out with students. I'm the assistant director for new student programs. So work with orientation, welcome week and family programs. Um, So putting on things for first year students, but a lot of it is working with upper class students who facilitate those programs and events and experiences for our incoming students. That's awesome. I know that's like, I have gotten to work with you and I feel like when I was a freshman, my experience is different than the freshman now. I think what you and your colleagues are doing is so cool. Um, And then the college ministry students I was working with to jump a part of it and to see the joy that they had in serving in that way was so fun to see. So it's fun. And I've gotten to come back and be very unqualified speaking to them about how to do things. So it's really fun. You are not (laughs) unqualified. If you can connect and if you can love people, that's, that's like what they're doing for these first year students. Well, that's awesome. And to be honest, that's part of, I mean, lumping it all together is why I was so excited to have you on the podcast. I think one of the things that you do so well is you create community and obviously, you know, you do it as a job, you know, so you have to be very strategic and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff, but just in your life, like that's what you do. You create community. And one of the things is the small group that you started. And so for those that don't know about it, like obviously it's not through a church. It's, it's just something you did. What was kind of the spark of that? And what does that look like today? Yeah. Cal and I wanted to move back to Fargo. We just felt like that's where God was calling us. And when the doors opened, we just jumped in. And when we got here, we weren't sure where our church community was going to be. We were leaving a church that had a huge impact on us, and we were definitely grieving that um, as we left St. Cloud where we were. But I had all these women who I was friends with in college that knew and loved the Lord that weren't sure where their church home was, Mm. and I loved doing life with them. So I I just invited a big group of people, and there were probably like 25 women in my backyard, and we just sat and talked about like, (laughs) what could this be? Like, do we want something we have to prepare for? Do we want to follow structure? What night of the week? Like we basically had a group planning session with anyone I could think of that would maybe want to be involved. And that's where we started was in our backyard. That's so cool. Like what was kind of leaving that meeting? Kind of what was the rally? Like what, what did you guys feel like? I mean, leading up to the meeting, I will totally own was anxiety of like, what if nobody shows up? What if like no one wants this? Um, because I think it's a fear to say like, here's a dream, here's a desire. What if no one else wants to Mm. do this beside me? And then these women showed up and it was just kind of that reminder from the Lord, like stop worrying. We've like, I've got this and I've got you. And and knowing like there was going to be really cool possibilities to build something that didn't exist in the lives for most of us at that point. Right. That's, that's so cool. Cause I think it's easy. Like when you're building a small group or not, it's not it's never easy, but when you're involved in a ministry or, and it's like the 
funnel. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, here, go to this thing. But what you were doing was creating something that just didn't exist. Like it was a void and maybe even a void in your life. Like I think back to some of the small groups I've been a part of, like I aimed to create the small group that I needed mm-hmm. and then just assumed other people would be in the same boat. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. That's what I was doing. I was really, really tired of trying to find a group, right? Because so much of it is this pressure of, can I show up authentically? That's the hardest part of small group is like, can I be my authentic self with these people? And are they going to love me? And am I going to want to do life with them? And so I had the easy part done. These were women that I loved doing life with. We all just happened to know the Lord. And so to be able to go deeper in those conversations and connections was just this moment of like realizing how much more could be there if we were just intentional. That's so, yeah. And I think, man, that's so cool. And I think being from afar, being able to see your group, I, so I didn't really know about it. I obviously was gone for two years. So I was kind of, cause when did you start? That would have been the, I want to say we started the summer of 2019. 2019. Yeah. Cause then, cause then COVID happened in March, 2020 or yes. like that's when it started. Cause then you guys had to pivot, right? Yeah. Yep. So we pivoted. We did. We met some online, you know, when things were super unknown once in a while, we'd be able to get together. But we, yeah, we definitely had just this, this like adaptability of we had already felt grounded enough in one another that it kept going. Um, We, you know, a bunch of us did Easter, signed into Zoom and ate brunch together. Like we just made it work. What are some of the other things outside of the retreat? Because we'll talk more about that. But what are some of the other things that you've done to create community within the group? You just talked about brunch on Easter. Like that's creative. Like that's, it's so easy. I think we were all involved with something on Zoom throughout COVID. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where it was just frustrating of like, Oh, absolutely. Oh, Which we could be in person or, but you still engage them even during that time. Like what are some of the other things that you've done in that season or out of that season? Yeah, I think we have almost really made it fall into like a season so every september we have sleep overnight and that's amazing it is it is loud <laughs> like at one of your houses yeah yep <laughs> um so like 20 25 of us and we'll invite friends who aren't a part of small group and everybody brings a snack i think we did dips drinks and desserts so to bring something to drink or a dip or some kind of dessert you had to bring two of three so the whole okay. kitchen was just like every square inch was just full um of food that's amazing. And then we watch rom-coms and do nails. and But all, all it ultimately ends up being is just this like knowing that it's going to happen every fall and knowing we're going to get this extended time together. Right. Yeah. I mean, we feel like middle schoolers again, and it's hilarious. But that's – I think that's just like – I think it's those things, those memories and those moments that I feel like deepen relationship. Even if like the – the main talking point isn't like, we're going to go deeper tonight. Like oh, absolutely. we're setting out to go deeper in our relationship. It's just doing things together yeah, and creating like space for people to be together that I think is really cool. So that's awesome. People post, I mean, people will just post things in our Facebook group to be like, Hey, this event is going on. Um, some of these girls I, have done trips together. So some of us did Florida and spent a couple of days just leaning into friendships. A group went and hiked Tahoe together. Um, but I think what's cool is this is not the Alyssa show or the Alyssa project. Like 
this is like a team. And so women who find things that they're passionate about invite others to go. So sometimes it's serving together. Sometimes it's, you know, just hanging out. But it it doesn't feel like small group activities. It's just I'm doing this in my life. Who wants to come and join? You That's know? awesome. And I, there, I was in a group where the leader, he the first week, he was just like, just so we all know, you know, I can't be everything to everyone mm-hmm. and he just like set the groundwork and he put all of our names in a hat so this was kind of his creative way and then we drew out, it was a couple's group so we drew out another couple and that was our double date group so yeah. we had to go on a double date with them and the couple that we got to know became like some of our closest friends while we were out in New Jersey and so it was just so fun to have like kind of a creative way to get it off of the leader a little bit and just to actually build relationship and community throughout because that's what you're doing like that's what the girls are getting it's not just like i have my friend Alyssa that i can fall back on absolutely i have a whole group of women that. and what we've really tried to do too is like strategically um at the end of a lot of our meetings there's something that connects to what we did so um you are assigned to a group of three or one buddy and you have to text each other throughout the week like how you're doing with what you committed to for the week or you have to have coffee with one of the women before we get back together. So we just pick little assignments um, that are accountability assignments throughout the week and that has helped mix and match some of those friendships or even like do some friendship strategic pairing of people who in my head I'm like, oh, I want them to be friends. I feel like you're job so well merges oh. <laughs> with that when it comes to that like there's no difference the the activities and the things I'm like I would never think of yeah doing doing some of those things I think what I need you to do with this podcast is just also create us like a bullet point a list book, of things to do to help create community because mm-hmm. I'm just like all right how do I do it? I, uh, okay. I get coffee. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, one of the coolest things I get to work with a really incredible, um, consultant whose goal is to eliminate small talk from the world. He believes it's pointless. Like we need to have meaningful conversations that matter. And I work with him, Chad, shout out. Thanks. Um, shout out Chad. <laughs> I work with him at work, but what he does is create question cards and I, we've started this thing as small group. When we travel together or when we have a meal, we pick a question of the day. And these are like deep questions. Like, like what, are, what are some examples? Yeah, like one example we did was like, what would your childhood self need to know that would be healing to you as an adult? Like wow. we're talking big questions. Yeah. And we, these, we end up spending hours just talking and that's a technique that I've taken from work that now just becomes like, Hey, what's the question? Like we don't even think about it. And one night we were all um, at a rooftop and sitting around a fire pit and there were some strangers there and we just said, Hey, can we sit with you? We're going to do questions. You can join if you want to. And they kind of looked at us like, no way, no way. These girls are crazy. Um, And they actually joined in. Uh, So about half of us were small group ladies and half were just new friends that we had met um and several of them were weeping as they shared and so I think for us we saw like this natural part of our community to share like really vulnerably and authentically isn't something that a lot of people get hardly ever and so being able to see that and us facilitate it for people we don't know was just this really cool moment for me to be like this works that's amazing what do you feel like so obviously when you and you'd run into this at, at NDSU all the time, I'm sure. But when you have people that maybe aren't 
like familiar with that? Like, how do you mm-hmm. make it so it's organic? Because I think that's the thing that I've seen in in you and your group, but mm-hmm. also in the move in like NDSU, like it's gone to more organic connections with students. Cause mm-hmm. I think you can do icebreaker games and you can do all these yeah. activities and things, but how do you do it in a way that's organic that makes people like really just loosen up, connect and grow through that? Yeah. So much of it is the question. Like icebreakers are surface level. It's like, what's your favorite color? You're not going to connect over that. That is not a connection making question. But when I say, Stephen, what's on your, on your refrigerator right now? All of a sudden, you're going to tell me about weddings you're invited to. You're going to show me the. You're going to talk about the the things that Kinsley has drawn that you have on the fridge. You're going right now. It's a potato. Uh, She drew a potato, and the hands and the legs all come out of the face. It's pretty amazing. So that's what's in my fridge. So we ask. We have to ask questions that matter, and I think we have to be upfront about the why. So often we try to sneak it in there, and just saying connections are something that we all desperately are looking for, and we all need friends. And so it's so important that we invest in this and we're going to do some questions and we invite you to be part of this because you need it and the people around you need it rather than being like, we're going to tell them to answer these questions and not tell them why and just hope that they play along. Like right. people are smarter than we give them credit for if we just give them the context. For sure. What do you um, think like some of the benefits, not not benefits of your group, but like what are some of the things in having this organic like Christ-centered, deep relationship-based group that you are a part of? Like, what are some of the benefits that you've seen in maybe the women in the group or even in yourself? Yeah, I think there's a a validation to be able to be authentic that I don't know a lot of people ever feel. Um, Where there was a a text that one of them sent the other night. It was a screenshot from from a new book that I just ordered on Amazon. And it's talking about, I'll be there, but I'll show up in sweatpants. And it basically says, like, you're not always going to be the good friend. You're going to have seasons in life where you're not there very much or where you're struggling. But when you have people that are like, we just want you to be with us, even if it's in sweatpants, even if you just show up. Um, I think that's what we've really found is a place where we can do that. So I've seen, as we've seen each other through grieving death, as we've seen each other through divorce, as we've seen each other through infertility, those are all things that I think a lot of times we feel like we have to show up to a small group or a space and not talk about where I feel like this group has been like, I'm going to go show up to this space because I desperately need a space to lean into all of what I'm experiencing. Authenticity is so huge, yeah. you know, and just allowing people to belong. And I think that's the other thing that I've gained from your group. And even, you know, at NDSU, I got to speak on that topic Mm -hmm. creating a sense of belonging but you just mentioned like infertility and um you know divorce and other you know death in the family whatever the case is i think sometimes yeah it's almost like you have to fish like for Mm -hmm. some of that stuff yeah what's it been like having an environment where that's kind of like the baseline like these are the things that we walk with each other through yeah it's absolutely like a biblical reflection of what i see like that's how Jesus did life. He loved meals with his friends. He loved conversation. Um, And I feel like I look at my life and most people, I think they say like, oh, when I leave college, that's kind of when you lose connection. You maybe don't have as many friends. And I can honestly say that at 31, I have the best friendships that I've ever had in my whole life um, because they're such a reflection of the gospel. And 
that means that sometimes we show up and we don't do it right, definitely myself included. And and yet we work really, really hard to do well by each other, which is just like beautiful. Well, and you've cultivated that because I think that's a lot of young adults. I think a lot of young adults leave college and I've had conversations in the last month where it's like, I had friends, I was constantly around people. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden now I work nine to five, my friends are maybe in a different season mm-hmm. and I just feel lonely. And I think, and I mean, there's total validity to mm-hmm. that. I think yeah. that is the natural, like how it feels. You leave this season of life if you go to college where you're around people all the time and then it's like, mm-hmm. where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? But you've cultivated that. You've created that space. And obviously for other women, which is like an incredible thing. Like there's others out here that need this, but also you've created it for yourself. And I think there's a point of maybe there's somebody out there listening today. Like what would your advice be to them if they're looking to create something like this or just mm-hmm. if they have that void, if they feel that like I feel you just said 31 and feel like you have the best yeah. deepest friendships. I think there's probably others out there that are in our same season of life that are Absolutely. going I'm the exact opposite. Where do I start? I actually wrote, so I study belonging as like, that's what my doctoral dissertation is on, is like sense of belonging. So I feel like every time I even see the word, I'm like so drawn to it. And I wrote in my notes yesterday, Jenny Allen just released a new book on finding your people in a world of loneliness. And I wrote in my notes on my phone, is belonging the opposite of loneliness? And I kind of think loneliness is the opposite of belonging. Like I, I think when we experience loneliness, that's the farthest we can feel from a sense of belonging. And to me, in my scholarly work, we know that mattering is like a central component of belonging. You can't belong unless you feel like you matter. And when I, I remember when we moved here, Calvin has a really close group of guy friends and um, they're all married. And I felt like that the one on the outskirts of the wives, I was like, I'm not, I'm not really their friend. They just feel like they have to invite me. I remember that anxious feeling of like, I don't, I don't know. And I remember in a quiet time, waiting day, God was just like, what if you just really intentionally loved these women instead of worrying about yourself so much? Hmm. And I, just, I did not like that. I, just, <laughs> I, didn't, God. I didn't really like the call out, <laughs> but I thought that I was like, okay, I'm going to try really hard. So it was like writing them cards, dropping off meals, checking in. And all of a sudden I was getting that back. And that wasn't the reason to do it. But I started to realize like sometimes we isolate so much in our loneliness that we don't work to make other people feel like they matter. But if we really pour into like people's accomplishments and strengths and blessing them, whether it's just like a, you know, a Venmo for coffee or it's showing up after a life circumstance, that's how we validate that they matter. And then we start to belong to them and they belong to us in friendship. Yeah. I'm but, getting fired up. But they're not, but not everyone is going to work all the time to make you feel like you matter. Like so much of our college Christians is to be that person instead of constantly asking, like, God, why, why doesn't anyone do this for me? For sure. And I man, I think of Jesus and just the way that he lived his life oftentimes was unvalidated. Like it was yeah. unreciprocated in a lot of part, you know, but yet he just continued to love and serve. Obviously, it was why he was on earth. And I think ditto like that's why we're on earth too you know uh, as his followers and so that's that's incredibly like powerful yet practical it's one just thinking through the old saying like do unto others what they would Mm -hmm. do unto you but like what what are the things that i need and now i'm going to give that to other people and 
if they reciprocate, great. If they don't, great. That's you, fine. You feel, you feel love. Or I, I know this is my life. Like I feel loved when I love. <laughs> like I feel covered and just taken care of. Like when I do that and go to my way, like I think I get just as much as they're ever going to get too. And sometimes our loneliness is just being disconnected from the Holy Spirit. And when we're doing and blessing others, it's really hard to feel disconnected from yeah. God because it's such a it's such a part of what he calls for us. Um, and so, yeah, I think sometimes it's just going out of your way to how do I make people in my life feel like they matter, but also with people that are on the edges of your life because I think that's where people move from the margins to that inner circle. There, there are so many people that, you know, whether they have something happen in life or that we can – do something that is mattering instead of worrying of like, oh, do they really want me to bring a meal? Should I really say anything? Should I really reach out? Mm-hmm. That's when all of a sudden we're cultivating like deep, meaningful friendships that used to just be people on the margins of our lives. For sure. I feel like for Taylor and I right now, there's almost like a capacity level too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were here prior, you know, before we moved, being involved in college ministry, there was every year there was hundreds Mm -hmm. of new students and it was like honestly we were I think we were on trajectory to burnout or I was on trajectory to burnout and it wasn't because like college ministry burns you out it was just the way that I was doing it unchecked was going to Mm -hmm. and then when we moved away it was like almost a vacuum like there wasn't hardly any Mm -hmm. connections and, and relationships which was really exciting for us. We felt like this is our time we can build relationships with neighbors, with people at the park, mm-hmm. which was really fun to to do that. Then we came came back and it's almost like, okay, we have this wide yeah. net. And so we've really focused in this season of like not without not neglecting, like Jesus never neglected the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yet he always had his 12 and his, mm-hmm. you know, 3. And so for us, it's kind of been like, let's just really stoke those relationships. Taylor and I went to DQ opening night. Oh, I in, saw that. You know, more with the hams. So and then happy. the next day, Taylor went to Target with Ashley, Silas, and our kids. And and I just think like we need that too. Mm-hmm. But we're having these conversations like, okay, what does it look like if we just leave one night of the week open to invite somebody over for a meal or yeah. Sunday after church or just creating the space in our life? Mm-hmm. And it sometimes means chopping some of the things that maybe aren't as important that we just give our time to out of like default, you know? Absolutely. And I try to be really intentional with some of my close friends to be like, you might be in the small group that I'm leading, but I am not discipling you. Like we are just iron sharpening iron. And there is a big difference, at least in my world of like, who am I discipling and who am I just growing with equally? Yeah. Because there's a difference. I can tell the difference in how I feel when I get done spending an hour with someone who I'm pouring into and trying to really one-on-one disciple versus like ma- a majority of these women who we just all know Jesus right. and need to talk about that and need to support each other and pray for each other and encourage one another. Like it's so different. And I think when you have authenticity, it opens the door just to say where I am. Oh, yeah. It allows me to say, I need somebody to intentionally disciple me. If that's where I feel mm-hmm. like there's a, a void or I just need, like, I've had conversations with people, like, I just need somebody that I can just be completely open and honest with and yeah. I, and not receive, like, the sermon in return. I just need somebody that's just going to listen mm-hmm. and love me and hug me and just validate, like, my feeling of where I am. <laughs> and our capacity 
for connection making changes with our seasons and that's not bad right i think it's just recognizing how how you can do it and what that looks like and it might go from in person all the time to uh, we have a big group text that is just like hey i need prayer for this right away and although we may not all get together for two weeks that communication is open it can't always just be the in-person connection all the time because we're adults with responsibilities for sure and when dave Liedel was on the podcast he talked about making adjustments like Mm -hmm. don't he talked about engaging and disengaging and instead of just disengaging when maybe the season gets busier or it changes like just make an adjustment just Mm -hmm. understand like how do i live a life on mission and love the people around me just with the new circumstances and the new settings instead of just abandoning ship altogether. Exactly. I I met with one of my really, really good friends and we ran around the house while uh, we got chased by electric cars. And then, you know, every 10 minutes, the kids would wake up and come and see if we were still there on the couch talking. And they caught us with ice cream, which we were like, oh, no, oh, oh no. Give them ice cream. <laughs> but, you know, that, yeah. no, it's not this uninterrupted time where we're out to dinner for hours, but it's a sweet season of life with little kids, which is beautiful. And it's so fun to get to walk with her in that way. Well, you, you guys were just recently over too. I don't know when you came over, like nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, we'll just stay up late. Exactly. This is going to be great. <laughs> On a school night, because I still have school nights. Yes, you do have school every nights. Every day is school. <laughs> yeah. And you're, in, you're doing your doctorate, which is just crazy. So, you know, we all have our things, though. You are yeah. parenting two children. So, it's true. It is true. No, and I think, but I think that is also like uh, a testament of like, it's not the fact that you've just like entered into a season of life where you have no lower responsibilities and just less going on in your life, like arguably more, (laughs) you know, you're in your doctorate, your job is not just something where you just kind of go in, check a few boxes and leave for the day. Like it's Mm -hmm. on your mind a lot and you're married and your husband refs and like, there's so much going on in your life yet. The predominant thing that's going on in your life is love. And it's, creating belonging and creating, you know, that place for deep relationships to grow, which is really cool. And I think really mm-hmm. inspiring to anybody because I think sometimes it's like, well, when things slow down, I'll, I'll pick it up again, you know. And they won't slow down. They won't. And we well, won't, and they we might won't pick slow it up down, again. but there will never not be things. Yeah. Um, there will be slower seasons. But, you know, I, I think for me too, having those connections and saying, this is where I'm at. This is, this is how I can contribute right now. But as you were talking about your smaller circle, I, I was just thinking about this. You're connecting with your children. Like that is a primary connection for you. And I think sometimes we think just about our, our friends, right? Yeah. How am I creating connection in my church or with my friends? But your kids are your, are your biggest connection, arguably, behind Taylor and behind the Lord. And so that's where I maybe have more capacity with friendships right now but as I move into a different season, my connections might have to look different. But your right. kids know they belong in your family. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. One of the things that I got to be a part of, so I knew about your group a little bit, and then you invited me to speak at your retreat. So Your first just, all women's <laughs> retreat that you spoke at. It was my at. first women's <laughs> retreat. I've even attended. I haven't I even it. attended a women's retreat. I would retreat. hope so. Yeah. That's good. Um, and so you guys just rented an Airbnb and 
we entered in, but can you just talk about that? Like what's gone into that? Is that something you guys do often? And yeah, just tell me about the retreat. The goal is to do it once a year. We did have to miss, like we had to bump from October to January at one point just with COVID and some things like that. But yeah, the goal is to do that once a year um, to really do a hard reset. Um, And one of the women said, and I thought it was really, really good. She said, I almost always feel like it's the New Year's Eve of our small group. Like we're setting our intentions for the next year. We typically try to pick our word for the year shortly after that and share that with each other. And um, yeah, it really has become like the New Year's of our small group. And I really had a good like processing session this year as I was thinking about retreat of, um, I was reading the, the other half of church. Okay. Yep. And thinking like, we can't do content the whole time. We need to just do life together and spend some time just laughing and eating and sharing like in a way that just facilitates community. So I would say it's about half and half of like really digging into what are the principles of scripture and how are we going to incorporate that and grow? And then how do we just love each other and get this reset and really lean into that opportunity? Yeah. And it was, it was so cool. You guys had coffee mugs, everybody. Ugly muglies. Ugly muglies. You guys all bought coffee mugs and on the bottom of it, you had. Yeah. So we thrift all those mugs. They're hideous. We love them. And at the bottom there are stickers with colors. And so that determines like your cleanup crew team and, um, we do crafts. We, I don't hike, but other people, other people do outdoor There's things. There's like a workout area in the Airbnb. Yeah, you guys one rent. of the girls is yoga certified and did a morning yoga class with worship music. We line dance every year. We always learn a line dance. Um, one of the group members always feels it on her heart to do gift bags, so everybody gets books and journals and stickers and Bible highlighters and. Um, and then we take turns. We pick a theme. So this year it was the ruthless elimination of hurry. And girls were just assigned specific topics and a partner. And and they facilitate about a 90-minute lesson. So it really is just like a shared responsibility to give ourselves like what we should, to give yeah. ourselves rest and a break and removal. And we all turned in our phones this year. Um, there were no cell phones Um the moms could call their kiddos at the end of the day and then they would give them back. But we all yeah. just said it was awesome to not have our phones for the weekend. That's so cool. Yeah. And shout out to all the dads too, you know, yeah, holding I'm, down the people fort. People held down the fort. But no, it's so it's so cool. Like I, Taylor and I walked in like knowing about the retreat and about your group. And that was like the immediate environment that we felt like was just relationship like yeah it was just an explosion it was like an explosion of just love of like yeah that's literally what it felt like we felt really you know taken in immediately because I knew a few of the the women involved but I didn't know everybody by any means Mm -hmm. and um but just it was a place that you could just come as you are and I think even in you know that's kind of my teaching style like I want to be authentic but it made that so easy because it was just that was the environment like that was the tone like we are here as we are and let's grow together. Let's lean into a relationship together. So mm-hmm. I had such a blast at that. I left that, like I leave speaking things going, Oh, that was really fun. And I am really grateful, but I took so much away from that, not just what we felt, but also just being in that environment inspired me of like, my friends need this. There's yeah. pastors in our, in our state. There's pastors in my life that are serving on college campuses that need this. There's just, the list goes on and 
I just thought that environment, like if we all took time once a year to get away with some of the people we're closest to, mm-hmm. lose the agenda to an extent. I think yeah. it's important to have things to like go forward but with. But it doesn't have to all be content yeah. all the time. And just be together mm-hmm. and intentionally be together. Like that's, I think, something that you almost need to throw into the term be together with yeah. devices and everything. Like exactly. To lose the devices, to not have TVs. To, yeah. It was just food. <laughs> people so much food food. and we got to benefit from that and in a lot of coffee but yeah so it was so cool I I loved that being at it but also just knowing that that's something that's happening I that's part of I want to challenge people to grab their closest friends and I'm I'm totally I would love to write out something that we can just give to people and say here's how to do it here's how to start it so keep keep your eyes on that it'll someday be something you can find but um no, that's so cool. I think another thing in your life that I've been really inspired by is like this whole idea of belonging. It's translated into the way that you and Calvin want to build your family. Yeah. You guys are are seeking adoption. And can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about that and just like what brought you to that decision? Yeah, that was that was a whirlwind and it it has probably been almost three and a half years now where this has been in the works and and God was planting seeds long before that. We had the opportunity to connect with a family who was going through the same agency as us, um, and we didn't know that. And they were living in Minnesota, and if a baby is born in North Dakota and is placed with someone in Minnesota, they can't cross state lines until all the paperwork is signed. Okay. And so I had just reached out and said, hey, I've known you since childhood. Like, If you're placed, feel free to stay at our house for a few days so you don't have to pay for a hotel because adoption is expensive. And um she just said, yeah, that sounds great. And I actually ran into her. I hadn't seen her in 10 years. I ran into her in my hometown and went up to her and just tapped her on the shoulder and said, no, I seriously mean it. Like if you need a place. And two weeks later, she called and said, you're not going to believe this, but um, there's a family that's been parenting and they're not sure that they're capable. And they've asked us to come up like today. And so as that family made the most difficult decision that you could ever make as parents, um, we did life with them. They lived, they lived in our house, the four of us and Daniel, and we, we just prayed and cried and ate dinner and went on walks and just really seriously did life together. And he was placed with them about a month later. So they stayed for about a month and it was just a really powerful experience. Um, his name was Daniel. We talked about how prophetic that was with the book of Daniel being like, and even if he does not, God is still yeah. good. And so that was like the thing through the whole thing, right? Even when adoption doesn't go the way that we think, God is still good and is still in so much control. And we let that sit for about a year. We were just their friends through the process. We were really moved just by the whole experience. And then about a year later, we said, was this a learning experience or was this supposed to set us up for something that we're supposed to venture into as well? Um, and then through a lot of conversations and prayer, we decided that that's how we intentionally wanted to try and start our family and become parents through adoption. So we um, are through all the paperwork and our agency works with 15 families at a time. We're number 16. And so if Almost at some there. point we move on to that list of 15 um, families that are considering placing, have access to our profile and, and can look at how we want to do life and see if that's a good fit as they make that decision. That's incredible. I, 
I'm, I love adoption. You know, my nephew is adopted and love him to death. And I think that process is so difficult for so many reasons, yeah. just emotionally, but also just like the process itself. I mean, rightfully, but it, there's a lot of legality to it and hoops and I think it can be frustrating, but it's so worth it. And yeah. these children are put into a family where they do belong and they experience love. And I know the child that ends up in your home, you know, whatever that timing may be, is going to be very blessed, <laughs> very blessed, which is exciting. You know, and we think a lot about those families that are having to place too and hoping that they can feel a sense of belonging and love yeah. um, and, and really the utmost respect from us um, because it's, it's not about us. And I think a lot of times we shine the spotlight on those adoptive parents, but really it's about, it's about the parents that place and those kids. Um, and one of our favorite kids books on adoption is you belong here. And it's, um, a story about a family that, um, adopted and, um, written by them. And they, it's from the perspective of their little sheep that they bring home Mm -hmm. and the sheep is looking for its family and there aren't other sheep at the farm. Um, and the sheep then finds its home with other, with the other animals on the farm over time. And so I think adoption isn't a magical thing. Belonging is not easy. Um, we have to help that child and their parents feel like they matter Yeah. and, and being a part of that. That's incredible. I think that's one of the things too, that I hope our church, but the church can, can take steps towards too. I think obviously we think of adoption and we oftentimes think of the alternative option for those parents that end up giving one of the alternative is abortion. And I Mm -hmm. think the church has made our voice very clear on that topic yet. Mm -hmm. The families that are, are going through that process, like God loves them deeply. And I hope as the church, we can rise up and, and be there for that too. Like on the both sides of that whole coin, like as a church, adopting and fostering and bringing in these kids that need homes and love, but loving those that have made that decision because there's something in their life that has pushed them to that point. And who knows what that is. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not to judge of yeah. what that decision was, but we can love that person because they're lovable and like they're created in God's image and we can rally around them too. Like I would love that to be part of the whole conversation and the whole, yeah. the whole solution as well. Even you know? more that they don't have to get there. Like yeah. how can we support when people want a parent, because we love to rally behind fundraising for adoptive families, and that's good. Yeah. It is expensive, but we have to rally behind people that need resources to parent yeah. um, because that is equally as important. And so, you know, as the church has opportunities to even the clothing drive, right, that that we did as we can give coats um, yeah. to the elementary schools, like we have to value everybody's opportunity to parent and make that accessible. And as a church, we have a really cool opportunity to do that and meet the needs of families that are struggling to parent. For sure. And I think, too, we'll never know what forces people to that decision or leads them to that decision unless we know, unless we exactly. actually dive in. Yep. And I think sometimes the posture can be so negative and judgmental towards that that we'll never know. Like, we'll never be close enough to be invited mm-hmm. in to, this is why. Yeah. Like, this is the the things that led to that and i think like that's the part of this conversation that i want to see happen more and be part of too and so yeah that's awesome we're but excited we went there I, that was fun like it was fun i told I just, you nothing was off limits go for it yeah no i love that i just think there's so many things that 
as young adults or whoever listens to this, I know there's, I've had people text me that are not young adults. I'm like, just keep listening. There's going to be something great for you. Yeah. Take a look. (laughs) Yes. All the moms of guests (laughs) have listened, but, um, I think there's something that all of us can do in, in these conversations. And my hope is that we can start by having conversations. Like we're just, Alyssa and I are just having a conversation that we would maybe have like this is normal. normal. Yeah. (laughs) But to let people in on those conversations to think, how can I play a role in these things? And maybe it's adopting and I'm going to just put some information in the, in the show notes of just like how to pursue that or just questions, ask and, and do those things. But just in general, like that's my hope. And that's my heart is that we would all leave these conversations going, okay, now what's one thing or one step that I can take yeah. to meet the needs and whether that's creating community and creating a sense of belonging or just in the idea of adoption and all of those things that go along with it. So, but absolutely. I mean, as young people that know Jesus, I think we have to be open to not living the lives that we plan, but the lives that he sets out for us. Like, as two people, we didn't think that we would start our family through adoption because of a radical experience. Um, I didn't think I'd be hosting, you know, small group retreats, but when God plants those seeds, we can lean in and he, he'll sustain you and give you what you need. It's just about like actually doing it and actually being like, I'm going to, I'm going to respond and, and walk into this instead of walk away from it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. Final question for you today. Yeah. What advice would you give 18 to 20-year-old Alyssa? Well, 18 to 20-year-old Alyssa was a lot. Um, literally, God bless the, the people that took time to mentor and, and help, help that situation. But I think 18 to 20-year-old Alyssa would, would need to know um, Enneagram fans. I'm an eight. I tend to be some walls. I tend to be more someone that people are like, I don't, I don't know what she's thinking. Um, but that you can't know, you can't really be loved until you allow yourself to be known. Hmm. And, and that it's okay to be known and you don't become known when you're perfect. Like you become known when you show up. And so just to, just to remove those walls to allow people to really know me, but I think 18 to 20 year old Alyssa didn't didn't trust who she was enough or love herself enough to do that. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. No, thanks for thanks for sharing it. Thanks for being here, being a guest on the Going Somewhere podcast. I love which it. This podcast is going somewhere. We don't know. We don't know where. But I love I, I love this and thanks for everybody that's been listening and watching make sure you subscribe wherever you listen and watch uh, just to keep up with everything but again Alyssa thanks so much for for joining me I appreciate you a lot it was awesome thanks for listening to this week's episode of the going somewhere podcast I had a lot of fun sitting down with Alyssa and having this conversation there was many times and many things that I was really inspired by, really encouraged by, really challenged by. One of the things that really jumped out at me was the way that Alyssa has just taken initiative in the area of community in her life. That I think it's so easy for us as young adults, we leave maybe a season of college or high school where we're surrounded by people. We're surrounded by community. It's maybe even created for us. But there comes a point where I think we 
experience loneliness or we experience just a disconnect, then it's easy to look around and go, all right, who's going to start it? Where can I find it? But I think the real answer is, and the real takeaway is this, is we need to create the community that we need. Trusting that there's other people around us that maybe have the same needs or the same desires or the same longings. And when we create the thing that we need in our life, we're likely to meet a need in the lives of those around us. So what does that look like for you? What does creating the community that you need mean to you? What are the action steps that you can take? Maybe you have a group of people in your life, but you just need to maybe be more intentional. Maybe you do a retreat or a sleepover or whatever the case is. Find that thing that you can do this week. That's the challenge is find one thing that you can do to spark and to create belonging and community for you and for the people around you. I know there are so many of the things that Alyssa talked about, whether it was her and Calvin's just adoption story that we can really take away and chew on this week as well. So I would love to hear it. Head over to Instagram, goingsomewhere.podcast. Maybe share one takeaway from this week's episode. Let us know and also be sure to subscribe, leave a review and a rating for the podcast wherever you listen to it. We appreciate that. And as always, uh, this podcast is a resource of Northview Church in Fargo, North Dakota. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday, check us out at 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. And find us online at northview.life. But have a great week and we'll see you again next week.